Welcome to another podcast edition from Legalish. I'm Brian. And I'm Sean. And we took a long break, but we're back and we're going to do more of these. And today we're going to talk to you about a topic near and dear to my heart. A billionaire. <laughs> so near. A billionaire <laughs> so behaving near. so badly. Uh, Elon Musk, Twitter, <laughs> and specific performance in Delaware Chancery Court. The public meltdown we can't stop watching. Yeah. Um, but first, before we drag Elon Musk unmercifully through the mud for his poor choices... Let's say something nice yeah, about him. Build him up. Yeah. Build him up just a little bit. Okay, I'll start. Uh, Elon Musk has launched companies. Uh, that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to, um, uh. he has he has created SpaceX, which is a very important company for U the United States in terms of well, the whole world in terms of getting people to the space station. I personally think it should have been NASA's job to do that, but he did it. He's yeah, out there. Yeah, I'm also in the same camp as that that money was better spent on NASA. But people drive his rickety cars all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the Tesla cars that the, hit, that hit mow children. Down children. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then there's that weirdo on the internet who uh, said, "Get me a child. I, I'm going to test this with my Model X." Got to test the AI with my Model X to see if it will actually run over a real. And somebody human. volunteered their child, as far as I can tell. It's insane. The whole thing's insane. But that's what you find on Twitter. Yeah, I never followed up. Did he actually hit the I child? Don't know. I hope not. I didn't see any news, so I, I hope presume. Not. Anyway, uh, Elon Musk has been wildly successful, but when you start on third base, it feels like you hit a grand slam every time you cross home plate. So congratulations to Elon Musk. Now let's drag him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely good at moving money from point A to point B for projects. So to, to that, cheers to you for at least moving it towards space exploration. Um, so let's drag him a little bit. Uh, so years ago, before we get into Twitter, we're going to talk about him joking about taking companies private with 420 jokes. What's a 420 joke? Um, 420 means cannabis. Cannabis? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've actually been told that by youths. I don't personally know. Oh, my freaking ears. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he likes to make them. And he um, got into a lot of trouble with, well, you know, a measurable amount of trouble with the SEC for making a 420 joke about Tesla saying... I will take Tesla private at $420 a share. Was that, was that right? Yeah, it was $420 a share. Yeah. Hilarious to joke about taking a company private and totally impacting the price of that, uh, the shares of that stock. The SEC was similarly amused to the tune of what, 20 million bucks? 20 million. But what does 20 million mean to a man that's the richest person on the planet? Nothing. No, it was like pocket change. Do you think he learned a lesson from $20 million fine? No. I don't think he learns lessons from much. I don't think he's... I would go so far as to say, I don't think he's ever learned a lesson. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> the man with nine kids and about to buy Twitter. I don't think he's learned anything. Oh, yeah, nine kids and having, like, scandalous relationships with his corporate executives at Boring Company? Is that uh, I don't know, but his personal life is kind of neither here nor there. He does love to make these 420 jokes, and that has uh, kind of segues into his recent spat with Twitter. Not really a spat. It's not a spat. He wanted to buy Twitter. He said he would buy Twitter. He signed a document saying, I will buy Twitter. He said it's going to be 54.20 is the stock price. Uh, did he buy, so did he sign a contract to buy Twitter or did he sign a contract to look under the hood at Twitter and maybe think about buying Twitter? No, no, he said, I'm going to waive every single opportunity I have to do any sort of meaningful diligence and I'm just going to buy Twitter. Give it to me. And that's correct, Here's John. the price. Yes. So. Yeah. Anyway, so he decides he's going to buy Twitter, and he inks a contract to buy Twitter itself. Uh, he doesn't sign the contract to buy anything else or an opportunity to look at something or to decide later. He, he certainly doesn't sign anything that says that I'll buy Twitter contingent on how many bots there are. Yeah, and then also on top of that, like he somehow ends up signing this thing so that he is personally responsible 
for $33.5 billion. According to Twitter, personally liable for $33.5 billion to them. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a, quite a move there, Elon. I put, think put your personal wealth on the line and, and jeopardize your stake in Tesla probably at some point. I think that might be the biggest personal liability exposure from like an individual. I haven't looked this up. I mean, that sounds right. Like thirty three and a half billion is insane. It's like more than the GDP of like a lot of countries. Oh uh, yeah, it's not it's not yeah. awesome. okay (laughs) so he's now staring down the barrel of um hey buddy you're about to own twitter and uh you better start raising funds because it's not worth 5420 it's worth considerably less than that although the the stock price has recently kind of started to go up on the basis of he's gonna buy it for 5420 yeah so the market cap was much lower but currently today it's at 33.74 billion um (laughs) so I mean, Twitter's not really worth $44 billion in a deal, which is like what the aggregate amount is that he's supposed to put up I through. I can't remember the exact number, but the, the company's revenue is somewhere under south of a billion dollars a year. It, it was like there's no way to recoup the money in owning Twitter. Really, it's um, as far as I can tell, and I think you probably agree with me, this is a vanity project from a man who has it all, who's like, well, Bezos owns the Washington Post. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of think that like maybe there was some peer pressure in the background to be like, well, all the rich guys own media companies. Yeah, I mean, he bought the biggest tape measure. Now he's really hoping is. I hope this is long enough. Oh my God, Sean, (laughs) barn animal. So yeah, anyway, so like for perspective, forty-four billion dollars, like that's an abstract number to most people because it's such a colossal sum of money. Like you can't really wrap your head around it. Like what could you do with $44 billion? Uh, well, I can think of a lot, uh, but you know, to, to your point here, Elon Musk could fully fund a new startup every year to the tune of a billion dollars, not even taking into account the growth of the wealth over time. And you know, half a century later, he's got forty-four startups that started with a billion dollars. I bet one of them does pretty well. He could have done that. He could have done anything other than set it on fire. But here we go. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He really just piled it up all in one big pile, and he's like throwing matches and gasoline at it. So, anyway, uh, Elon Musk wants out of the deal, and now it's time to talk about something called specific performance. Oh boy, this is something that we uh, we dig deep back to contract law for. And the- deep. And the Delaware, Delaware Chancery Court. Oh, yeah. Delaware. Uh, that's the stupidly Del- hard to say. <laughs> Delaware Chancery Court, which is uh, the reason why so many companies like to incorporate in Delaware is because Delaware offers very predictable and very speedy rules, regulations, and trials when it comes to corporate disputes. So you go to Delaware because you know, here's what's going to happen if XYZ circumstances arise. Uh, in the case of uh, the purported uh, purchasing of Twitter.com, uh, the Delaware Chancery Court says, what did Elon Musk do? He signed a document that says he's going to buy Twitter. Okay, what did Twitter do? Uh, they offered for sale after he said we'd buy it. Great, 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 great. All right, trial's in October. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Elon Musk didn't want that. Uh, he wanted to set the trial like super far out and be like, okay, we're going to have all these discovery things and it's very complicated because this and that. That's not the way it works in Delaware Chancery Court. They go at light speed. They're no. just, they just look at the contract and say, we're very predictable and we're very quick and here's what's gonna happen. You offered to buy this thing. This thing was offered up for sale. 
Okay, we're done. In fact, because the Delaware Chancery Court is so accustomed to these big disputes, the judge was even able to say, yeah, well, we did these other cases, and those were also gigantic mergers or purchases, and we did those ones fast, so I don't really see any reason why yours should be so long. Yeah, and in the first scheduling hearing, it's important to note that she said, uh, like, normal monetary damages might not cover this, so specific performance is definitely in play. And what she's saying when she says that is like, this, this is where we're going to put our uh, like educator hats on. Um, specific performance is a remedy in equity. Uh, and what that means is that a judge is looking at it and is like, money is not really going to cover this. Which would be a remedy in law. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a solution to make things fair. And what we're going to do in the case of specific performance is make you perform on the contract. So party A does everything they said they were going to do on the contract and party B does everything they agreed they were going to do. And we don't really care about like your extraneous circumstances or your, in this case, buyer's remorse. Yeah, your your oopsie moment. <laughs> yeah, your your whoopsie doesn't count to us. We don't really care. Well, We're just gonna do it. Elon and... Musk just bought a whole bouquet of oopsie daisies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so anyway, Elon Musk is trying to tell the court like, hey. There's this issue with bots and fake accounts and spam and the monetizable daily active users or MDAUs is wrong. And I didn't know that when I went in. And now that I do know that, I know that Twitter is worthless. And so I went out and they're defrauding me and they fooled me. They tricked me. Wait, Brian, remind me, did the contract say anything about Elon Musk can cancel it if he decides that there's too many bots on Twitter? No, it didn't. Oh, weird. Oh, crazy. Weird. Oh, I guess that doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Um, like, so like his avenue out, his strongest arguments are like, Hey, this is the only strong argument. I think in my view, at least at least to show fraud, right? Which is like a false representation of material fact that induces another party to rely on that fact. Uh, and then they reasonably rely on it. Uh, and then they enter into a contract or do something. Oh, they have damages. Yeah, they have damages. They, yeah, yeah they, they end up hurt by this this great big lie. So one of the key words in there was reasonably relies on that false uh, representation. Right? So he paid millions of dollars in attorney's fees for this argument, right? How much does a big law firm cost? Oh, too much. For a case I mean, like a, this. A partner billing for Elon Musk is probably in that 1000 to $1,500 an hour range. How many partners and associates are working? I have no idea, but more than one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a small army. So let's go to Elon Musk and what he said immediately after filing this fraud claim, basically. Oh, it was a great tweet. It's an all-timer. It's not even a tweet. He got a video and actually said it. Oh, so is it a video? Yeah, so you can't, you can't even say like, oh, I had somebody else tweeting for oh, me. Oh, boy. So he hops on video and he says, on the internet, in front of God and everyone, quote, Anyone who uses Twitter is well aware that the comment threads are filled with scam, spam, and a lot of fake accounts. It seems beyond beyond reasonable for Twitter to claim that the number of real unique humans is above 95%. Does anyone have that experience? Yeah, so uh, Elon Musk's lawyers who said, hey, buddy, the way out of this is for us to say that they committed fraud and you reasonably relied on their assertion about bots. And he says, nobody could reasonably rely on these assertions about bots. Oh, boy. Yeah. The the fact that he even used the term reasonable, like this is an unreasonable belief. Like nobody nobody thinks this way. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I, he really, he really, um, he shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the funny part. Like, as lawyers, we've all had clients that, like, don't listen, like, at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as patent attorneys, we get a lot of uh, engineers who decide, you know what? I can do engineering, and so, therefore, I can do absolutely anything as long as I read at least 15 minutes about it first. Yeah, that's kind of like what Elon Musk is doing. He's like, he's like, you know what? I'm pretty good at law. So here's where, here I go. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, you know, I was pretty good at uh, being born into the uh, wealth of an emerald mine. So I, and I was pretty good at being in PayPal after it started. And I was pretty good at taking over Tesla after it was started. You know, I, I think I got this. I, I got, got it. I got this whole law thing down. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. How do, how do you think Elon Musk's lawyers, like, you know, the lead, lead counsel feels about that one? Um... <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Edna Krabappel in the classroom, like lighting up a cigarette and saying, well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at a certain point, your client can like make such public statements and do such such damage to himself. And you know what? We'll talk about Alex Jones damaging himself later. Oh, we will. Yeah. Uh, but you can do enough self-harm that like you can actually, as the attorney, be required to like walk back arguments or end up sanctioned. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh... He, he's in a lot of trouble for this. Well, you know, trouble. It's not really trouble. He wants to buy Twitter, as far as we can tell, right? He said yeah. he did. He signed a contract saying he did. <laughs> well, that's it's all the, there in black and white. That's the other thing. So, like, he also has X.com, and another Twitter user got in some thread with him basically asking, like, something to the effect of, like, do you plan on starting your own social media firm if this doesn't go through? And, like, his only response is X.com. Right, right. And, um, you know, you could reasonably interpret that as uh, Elon Musk saying, I mean, hell yeah, I will. Here's the website. I'd do it under. Um, in which case, why on earth would Twitter then want to share, like, very sensitive information from the back end of its website uh, explaining how it operates and how it checks for bots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be, to this guy, Elon Musk, who's currently fighting to get out of the deal and threatening to start his own company what's that about yeah so if you're doing discovery and your entire thing hinges on okay this is a great big fraud and a great big lie and i have to prove it using your back-end data just give it over to us we promise we won't do anything bad with it our guy is totally cool we swear he's chill bro yeah he's chill he's chill no he's not chill at all he's on twitter saying he's gonna do the exact same he's gonna do the exact thing that you're promising he's not gonna do yeah he, he's a he's a real dream client i mean I guess he's a dream client in the sense that he has limitless money to pay you. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. The associates and partners over at, what is it, like Watchtel? I have no idea. No, that's Twitter's counsel. Uh, Skadden and then the other one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, they're probably popping champagne. Well, yeah, they will in October, at least. <laughs> Regardless of outcome, those guys are, those guys are jazzed. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about material adverse effect. Yes, so this is the other way out of a deal in Delaware Chancery Court. Um, and that's just kind of a term of arts that says that there's like a change in circumstance that we weren't aware. It's not similar fraud almost. Um, there's like a change of circumstance in the company that we're trying to like gobble up uh, that like the company's like worthless now. Like they, what we entered a contract for X. You said X was going to be a company that operated like as a company. But really what you were selling was like a smoking crater of nonsense. <laughs> smoking crater, yes. Yeah, and the last, the, so the Delaware Cantry Court has literally only ever found this like one time in their history. So, and in that case, it was a company called Acorn. Um, and they were, it was a pharma deal. And they were trying to sell themselves out, get bought up, like, you know, as is tradition in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, 
But what they were doing was they were submitting like falsified data, I believe, to the FDA. Um, and they had like no production oversight. It was like some generic drug that they were going to bring to market. Um, so, I mean, they were basically just lying. Like there was no value to the company because the company is going to get shut down by regulators because you can't just sell drugs with false data. So they got out of the deal. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so for Elon Musk to get an MAE with the one data point of precedent from the Delaware Chancery Court, he basically has to say that like Twitter is like a smoking crater of like not going to exist yeah. anymore. Right. It seems pretty unlikely to happen. And by the way, I just want to chime in. Uh, if anybody's interested in learning more about this, Matt Levine writes for Bloomberg, and he covers all of this in huge depth because he used to be an M&A attorney for Wachtel. So he, he, he knows his stuff. Yeah. Oh, also, shout out to Chancery da Daily on Twitter. Uh, they're following all this litigation. Um, without them, like, we wouldn't be this up to speed. So. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... Uh, an MAE is like, it's impossible. It, it's not really a good, like, I, they, they're including it as an argument because they're throwing the kitchen sink because, like, the, you have to. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to in litigation throw out every single thing you can possibly argue. Um, so what happens next? Um, well, <laughs> he seems to be, like, going through the process of grieving but with money. So he just sold $7 billion in Tesla stock. And didn't he do that like right after saying, like, I have no intention to sell any Tesla stock? Yes, <laughs> he did do like, that. Listen, guys, everything's totally fine. I'm so liquid. I'm so liquid. And then a day and a half later, he's like, well, <laughs> I guess I need cash. Selling $7 billion in Tesla, and I'm doing it so that we don't have an emergency fire sale of... 40 like 33.5 billion dollars of tesla shares yeah can't sell it all at once because that's a huge catastrophe but if you sell it in chunks yeah so that's the interesting thing about the fallout from this is that you know it's not just what happens between musk and twitter it's what happens between musk twitter and his holdings in tesla i mean for the sake of entertainment and chaos i would love to see elon musk lose control of tesla <laughs> It would be so entertaining. I think there's actually a shot that he does. I mean, they so their chief of legal that was in charge of an internal investigation into like a glass procurement thing, yeah. uh, just either fired or resigned. I don't he know abruptly which. Abruptly left, which is, uh, you know, corporate no. speak for any number of things. Yeah, I mean, it's a sign of there's some dysfunction going on. The other thing that he was doing with Tesla, and he was on Twitter harping about it, he was trying to hire a bunch of attorneys to be quote real street fighters end quote oh yeah to represent tesla tesla has lawyers that was some big donald trump energy <laughs> it, it really was um so in like corporate world when you have in-house counsel in-house counsel represents the company they don't represent you individually so something happened where this is the inference that you make elon musk went to those lawyers and said hey i want to do this thing and those lawyers said, that's not in the interest of the company. And you have fiduciary duties to the company, as do we. You can't do the thing. Yeah, but, you know, counterpoint there is that um, companies with in-house counsel contract outside counsel all the time for all manner of things. So it's not that unusual. Correct. But for him to pop on Twitter and say, like, hey, I need, like, some real street fighters means that he ostensibly shopped it around to big law firms. And even those you know, to put it mildly, great big whores were like, nah. I think you're giving him too much credit. I think that, I think as far as he thought, I think he finished wiping his butt in the morning, he hopped on his phone, and he said, I guess I need a lawyer now, and he tweeted it out. I don't think he shopped. 
I don't think he did anything other than figure, I am the wealthiest man in the world. I'm just going to tweet some shit and see what happens. Oh, man. Dude, you're probably right. Yeah, you know what? I'm probably overthinking that one. <laughs> he probably just off on Twitter and was like, dude, I need lawyers. He popped off. That's what he does. He popped <laughs> off. So anyway, uh, let's talk about a little bit of, like, where are they now? Uh, and right now they're in, like discovery disputes um and it's kind of hard to read the tea leaves on discovery disputes because you know pretty boring mundane yeah and then like a lot of requests are sometimes they're designed to just like harass the other party and produce a bunch of stuff and then you know it's discoveries discovery is not that interesting to sift through there's a reason why you hire other people to do it for you um but we can read the tea leaves a little bit and we can speculate with a margarita room of salt because it might not be right um, kind of what's going on here. And, you know, one of the things that caught my eye that Twitter was looking at in their complaints in one of their requests for production, which is, you know, request for production means like, give us this stuff, please. Um, uh, in their complaint, they're saying like, hey, like all of a sudden, I think it was uh, Morgan Stanley was like saying like, hey, out of the blue, give us all this information about bots that like never really originated with them before. So what I think happened there was their Twitter's looking for uh, if your financing fell through with these major financial institutions, we think it's because you poisoned it by going to them and telling them to start asking us about tell asking us about these bots, causing them to doubt you um, and doubt your purchase of Twitter. So ostensibly, Musk would be on hook on the hook for the entire enchilada because he has a duty to I believe he has a duty to mitigate, um, and then he would have to cover the rest of it. Uh, so that's kind of the angle that I think that they're taking. And then also, I think that the thing that they're looking for with those production requests is they're trying to say also that like, Hey, you were super jazzed on this deal until Tesla stock cratered earlier this year. And when that happened was when you were suddenly like, I want to walk. And the reason you would want to walk out of the deal is because these banks were forcing you to put up more collateral than you wanted to in a company like Tesla. So he basically got margin called early. It would be very, very entertaining to read what's going on behind all that. I think that's great speculation. Yeah, and I think that that's also fueling his like sudden like you know anger bargaining acceptance kind uh, yeah, <laughs> of process. All the stages of grief, except live on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so he's already sold off a huge chunk of Tesla, and like I think coming down the road, we're gonna see him sell off other huge chunks in Tesla, or even sell the boring company or something i mean he has a lot of the stuff boring, that's... is the boring company real does it exist i don't know i i'm pretty sure i was i mean i think he came out and said it recently that he only oh it was hyperloop he said i only created hyperloop because i was upset about high speed rail being built and i didn't want it to be built yeah that was a weird you know, he's a real turd of a man yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway he has all these assets that are worth money i mean obviously spacex is worth money it's, but i don't think that he's gonna part ways with that because if he's having this much grief over tesla like, oh yeah he would never recover <laughs> i can only imagine what would happen if he was like all right i have to take spacex public never recover no <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, that's kind of all we got today about Musk and We'll have more Twitter. in October, that's for sure. And if you made it through all of that, let's make fun of Alex Jones. Yeah, okay, so Alex Jones had his day in court. Basically, he defaulted on the, um... The... Let's talk about who he is first. Let's set oh, this everybody up. Everybody knows who Alex Jones is. Alex, uh, Alex Jones said that the Sandy Hook, um mass shooting where uh, an individual killed a bunch of children was a false flag operation among other lies about it yeah he said that the uh, parents were crisis actors right that's right they're all acting yeah mm -hmm. so anyway 
as is tradition in the United States, uh, he fucked around and now he's finding out. He got sued by the parents, some of the, like a lot of the parents, but they're in individual lawsuits. But this, this particular one, he defaulted on the uh, trial defamation. portion, yeah. the defamation portion. Yeah. So uh, like he has committed defamation. The recent trial was, or, you know, the proceedings were related to how much money to give the parents. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Perry Mason moment. Yeah, okay. So okay. these should not exist in trials. No, they shouldn't. The Perry Mason moment, for anybody who isn't aware of a Perry Mason moment, uh, it's this old-timey TV show where the attorney, Perry Mason, always wins the day at the at the end of the trial or end of the episode by bringing in some, like, surprise witness or, like, some piece of evidence. And he goes, aha, and uh, everyone's wowed, and there's guffawing, and... And he wins, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's like Scooby-Doo, where at the end, they like, well, we're going to find out who you really are. Yeah, the they pull the mask off. The audience is like, well, yeah, it was a bad guy the whole time. <laughs> um, so these shouldn't happen in um, actual trial, because every lawyer on both sides is supposed to have exchanged discovery and supposed to be able to say, I know exactly what I gave you. You know exactly what you gave me. None of this is a surprise. We are just now prepared with how to argue uh, that whatever the fact you presented is in the light most favorable to our client. Um, and that's how the, the sides go back and forth. But, but in the Alex Jones case, they had a screw-up. They, uh, they, Alex Jones' attorneys, sent to the plaintiff's attorneys a copy of all of Alex of Alex Jones's phone essentially with all of the intact data messages emails and everything that existed on it for the last two years and the real kicker here is that that data or that information let's say emails and text messages especially established that Alex Jones lied under oath in saying that he you know didn't have any emails related to Sandy Hook never text messaged with anybody about Sandy Hook it was all right there in black and white so Brian, how did they bring this up in trial? Oh, so <clears throat> this is the Perry Mason moment. Uh, the attorney for the Sandy Hook parents uh, put his text messages up in front of him, and he tried to be like, oh, I don't know what this is. And he's like, it's your text message. You sent that. What happens when an iMessage is blue? Is that your phone number? <laughs> I think that was you, bud. And then he goes, okay, so you got my, so you got my phone. Neat trick. You said you didn't have it, but you have it. I guess uh, this is your Perry Mason moment. He literally said it. said, I guess this is your Perry Mason moment. And the attorney goes, oh, oh, oh Mr. Jones, would you like to know how I got it? <laughs> oh, he was so thrilled. You could just tell. The guy was bristling with it. Oh, he was stoked. I mean, no attorney gets a slam dunk like that. I mean, that is the Michael Jordan, like, game seven, like, shatter the glass kind of thing. Oh, yeah, the windmill dunk. Com it coming out the tunnel at the Rose Bowl. Someone's going to feel some pain. <laughs> so, of course, the uh, plaintiff's attorney gets to reveal that Alex Jones' attorneys sent it to him. And then after alerting Alex Jones' attorneys that there may be privileged or confidential material, they took absolutely no steps to remedy that and did not claw back that privilege or assert the privilege uh, after the fact, which after a certain number of days, I think it was like 12 days ago by the time the trial was happening, uh it's all waived yeah, so, it's fair game at that point fair game and it's been sent to now the january 6th committee can't wait to see what he said to roger stone <laughs> apparently he sent a nude picture of his wife to that roger stone surprise me. roger stone is a famed sexual deviant yeah which power to him and you know what i don't i don't want to kink shame he can be a, he can be a sexual deviant all he likes or have whatever enjoyment he wants but the, the involvement of alex jones i didn't see coming no 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 definitely god it's weird it's also like a frightening nightmare like by God, oh, yeah. but anyway, uh, so how much was that jury verdict for? Uh, what did it end up? Forty-four million. 
40, yeah, 44, 47. Well, so it was, some, um, it some was insane like 4 million something in compensatory damages, and then punitive were like 40 million. 40 some odd million, 40 yeah. 40 some odd million. It was, it was something that will not survive appeal, but it's an eye-popping number. Yeah, it's also bad news for him later because this is just the first of those trials. So he has another trial facing off against these victims in Texas. And then he has another one facing off against these victims in Connecticut, which is where Sandy Hook took place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of an open question about how much money he has because he's claiming he's going bankrupt. But, you know, that's kind of an interesting term because being bankrupt doesn't necessarily mean that you have no money. It just means that you're unable to, to you know, uh, service the debts that you have. So you can you want to restructure. There's a lot of different types of bankruptcy. I'm not a bankruptcy lawyer, but... He's claiming to have no money, but then the cell phone data he provided established that at least for some amount of time, he was making $800,000 a day at InfoWars. So he's squirreled it away. Yeah. Um, he also, the reason why he's claiming bankruptcy is that he's saying that he personally owes money to this other company, but he owes, he owns the other company. Oh. So, but it's take it with a grain of salt because it's Alex Jones talking about himself on InfoWars. So it, like whether or not it's the truth, who, who knows? But either way, the bankruptcy court is going to look at it and be like, they're not going to be like, oh, we'll never figure this out. Yeah, what a mystery. We've never done a bankruptcy before. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> We've never had a shit beard try and hide money from us. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it, no, he, he's... So he got caught with his pants down, and it was very satisfying. If you haven't watched the video, you should watch it. Yep, and the odds that he dies penniless uh, just went through the roof, so... Oh, boy, we can only hope. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for you today. I'm Brian. All right, we, I'm Sean. We'll probably talk to you again in like six more months at the rate we're going. No, I <laughs> swear we're going to do these more often. All right, talk to you later. Bye.